How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma City Thunder, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello there, everyone. We're locked in for episode 113 of Locked on Thunder, presented by the Norman Transcript. I'm your host, Fred Katz. Locked on Thunder is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Head on to iTunes and search Locked on Thunder. You can subscribe to the podcast there, leave a review once you're on that page also, and find us on audioboom.com. Log on to normantranscript.com. Check out my blog, Thunder Road, under the sports tab on the site for more Thunder coverage on every day of the week. Thank you for coming back after my one day off. I was off yesterday, obviously. I had some family in town for the holidays and all that stuff. Back today, so back tomorrow, back on Friday. Like I said in the last show, I might take one day off next week as well, the first day of or the first uh, first few shows of 2017. One of those shows might not happen. I'll let you know whenever I know exactly which show that's going to be. But a few more shows this week. We got Wednesday, we got Thursday, we got Friday. The Thunder on Tuesday night. Closed out a 106-92 win in Miami. They're now 20-12 and on the season. They've won four in a row. They're playing some good basketball. Granted, teams they should beat, should have beaten New Orleans. Probably should have beat Atlanta in that game that they ended up falling by two at home. Um, the Boston win was impressive. But but some of these wins, you know, not the greatest of wins, but in a stretch they're in right now, they're in the midst of 16 out of 21. Take the wins that you can get. They're 4-0 and to start this 16-21 out of stretch. And any time they can get these wins against these teams like they have, I've talked about this before, they have some tough road games during this stretch. It's crazy. They've got everybody in the Western Conference on the road who's decent. Like everybody. Every single team that's currently in the playoffs in the Western Conference, they play on the road during the stretch. They play Golden State. They play the Clippers. They play San Antonio. They play Memphis. They play Utah. They play Houston. They play, and then they play Sacramento. All those teams on the road. They play Cleveland on the road too. It's a lot. It's a lot. So any of these wins, you know, even if it's, look, Miami on the road, they'll take it. New Orleans on the road, they'll take it. Minnesota at home, they'll take it. They'll take these wins during a stretch that's really, really tough. And it gets even tougher on Thursday. Thursday, they have at Memphis. They're a game better than Memphis now. Memphis lost tonight. They're a game better than Memphis. Uh, they're only one back of the Clippers in the loss column right now for the four seed in the West. They play the Clippers after Memphis. They got the Clippers on New Year's Eve. That's the night of December 31st. So nice little two-game stretch they have here. This is where it starts to get really, really tough. It's not going to get any easier at all in January. They don't have consecutive home games until February 1st and 3rd. It's going to be tough. Uh, Canner 19 tonight. Adams at 15. How could we forget about Russell Westbrook? 29 points, 17 boards, 11 assists, 15 triple-double of the season. Dude's good at basketball. Uh, four more threes for Alex Abrinas. Let's just go straight to Twitter questions uh, from Adam Joseph. Please grade Steven Adams' season to date. Curious to hear your thoughts. Opinions are split, I've noticed, around the league. So if you actually want to grade, I'll be honest, he hasn't been quite as good as I expected him to be. I didn't necessarily think he was going to be all-star caliber good. 
but I, I did think he was going to have more of an offensive impact than he has so far this year. Now, the last 10 games or so, he has made more of an offensive impact. He's not a high-usage guy by any means, but he's a higher-usage guy than he was at the start of the season than he was last year. I honestly think the biggest offensive adjustment for him right now is not necessarily from a skill standpoint. It's kind of from a mental one. It's from an ability to where he needs to, and it doesn't really happen with the ball. With the ball, he knows to go up with it when he has it. He needs to be more aware that he's a guy who's there to score when he's rolling to the rim. Um, He needs to carve out more space for him to score because that's a big part of him. Now, teams, it's probably not a coincidence that teams with Anthony Morrow starting are struggling more to guard the Adams pick and roll with Russell Westbrook. Probably not a coincidence. They're not helping as much off of Anthony Morrow. It's leaving that lane over. They're not pulling over that defender as much. And Russell Westbrook, like on that game against Miami, like Miami really prioritizes not giving up threes. They're not good at all. But the thing that they are good at is they're really good at not giving up three-point attempts. They're the best in the league at that right now. And they just don't they don't help off of guys really at all. That's just their team philosophy. And because of that, they were giving up that lob to Adams, especially in the first quarter. Giving up the lobs, giving up giving up the pocket passes to him. You know, Westbrook was finding him on those short rolls even. Like they even found him on a short roll where he put up a floater in the middle of the lane. So so th- those sorts of things worked really well against that Miami defense. Miami, conversely, is not great around the rim. Not great defending the rim. They give up a decent amount of shots around the rim, and they give up a high percentage around the rim, and the Thunder took advantage of that. They got a lot of offensive rebounds, and Adams kind of got in a groove. I think he's been like a B, and I think he's been playing better the last 10 games. I think it's easy to be disappointed because he's only 23 years old and you expect him to make a jump. And I think it's easy to be disappointed in someone like that. And because of that, take it out on them and say they're not playing well. I don't think that's true at all. I think he's, look, Andre Robertson is their best defensive player right now because Andre Robertson is an all defense caliber defensive player. But Steven Adams is still, I, I, I still think you can argue that Steven Adams is their most important just because he's quite good at it. And he's a center. He's your anchor. He's the guy in the back end of that pick and roll defense. He's the last line of defense at the rim. He's the last line of help. He's the one who's always there helping the helper, especially within a defense that, that can get a little gambly sometimes, a defense where guys can kind of get out of place sometimes. So I think Adams is a guy who can really help on that and who has really helped on that so far this year. I don't think he's been all defense caliber. I don't think he's been all-star caliber or anything like that, but I think he's been good. And I do think like my opinion of his ceiling has changed not at all. Like I think he's going to get to that point. He's just not there right now. He was awesome in the playoffs last year. He's still 23 years old. If he hit if he hit the open market this summer, which he obviously signed the extension, now he won't. But if he were to hit the open market this summer, like he'd still get that max contract for sure. You know, that, that I I think he's he's been perfectly fine. He just hasn't been great. Quickly before we get to the next question, I just want to tell you about betdsi.com. It has a great NBA special. You can sign up today and get $10 to try their service. BetDSI is also offering a 100% bonus on your first deposit. It's great customer service. It's fast and easy payment of winnings. Hundreds of football and basketball wagers to choose from. You can also get UFC and other sports and stuff like that. And BetDSI even has live in-game wagering on all football, basketball, and other major sporting events. You can play virtually everything at BetDSI. Go to BetDSI.com now. That's BetDSI.com. Go there now and use promotion code THUNDER10, those are the numbers, 1-0, to get your free wager and start winning today. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Next question from Sarah B. Will Oladipo fit back in easily? Will his role change as the bench has evolved? I've kind of wondered this myself, to be honest. I don't think the way that he's rotated is going to change. Um, I think the way that Anthony Morrow is might change a little bit with the way that Abrinas has shot lately. Now, with Abrinas specifically, don't let past performance don't 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 let past performance affect your projection of future results. Like he's still a rookie who was a second round pick. Don't get too excited over four games of making shots. Now he's playing really well. Don't get me wrong. He's playing really, really well. And he's hitting shots that are beyond the ones that he was taking earlier in the season. Like he hit a step back contested three pointer against Miami. And he's he's taking these heat check shots. You can tell like he's more confident. He's feeling it more. It's obvious. There's no question about that. But he's a second round pick who's a 22 year old rookie. Just don't let these last four games where he's 13 to 26 from three. Don't let those games make you think that all of a sudden now he's a 40% three-point shooter the rest of the season. I don't know if that's going to happen. And Billy Donovan notoriously puts guys in and takes guys out of rotations all the time depending on matchups and that kind of stuff. And he's doing this against teams who aren't, aren't, like I said before, aren't very good outside of Boston. You know, Minnesota, below average, you know, one of the bottom five defense, Minnesota. Miami, actually an okay defense, but, you know, that game was never competitive. In part because of Robrinas, he was quite good, but that game was never competitive. New Orleans, that's a bottom defense. So, so you know, he's he's doing this in games. You know, he barely played against Boston. He went one for one from three. I think he only played like six minutes or something. So he's playing really well. He should keep getting time right now, considering how well he's been playing, and he certainly looks more comfortable. But I don't think we need to be sitting here and saying right now, like, change something about the way Oladipo's playing. Now, I think the way that Canner has played lately how well he's passing. I think it's pretty clear that he needs the ball more in the second unit than he was getting earlier in the year. And I think he needs it in the post, whether it's a high post, low post. I don't think he's as good when he gets the ball on the move in a pick and roll. Now he's a good pick and roll player, but if he can pass like the way he's passing, like he's a guy who you can give the ball, the ball to in the post and you can let it work. And, and that doesn't make Oladipo irrelevant. Like he can still space the floor. Guys don't guard him as tightly as they do Anthony Morrow. We'll see how much that gets affected. Like Morrow, guys, guys, guys stick with Morrow, even though he's shooting 30%. Guys, based on reputation, based on quickness of release, they stick, they stick with Anthony Morrow. Uh, but, but with Oladipo, like you, he can still be a spacer. And, and I'm not saying make him exclusively a spacer. But I do think they need to give Canner the ball a little bit more in that second unit. And I think that's kind of a change of role. Like I, I would still be into starting Oladipo and staggering him, making sure he's on the floor when Westbrook isn't. Because a lot of these second unit runs, you know, it's three games against, you know, teams that are well below 500. You know, we're talking about Minnesota, well below, and New Orleans, well below. And Miami, like multiple, like double digit games below 500. So I don't think you can base rotation decisions on that kind of stuff. But I do think in some ways, like the way that Canner has run with this second unit, the style that he's played, the way he's produced, and the way the second unit has produced with him playing this way, with this style, I think it means something. I think it means something. I think it's a better way to use Canner moving forward than maybe what they were doing, you know, to a little bit of a lesser degree early in the season. Now, that's a minor, it's a minor adjustment, but I think it's something that can make a slight difference. Next one from Drew Kerr, 17. Can the Thunder win a playoff series with Andre Robertson being the offensive liability that he is? What's the impact of his free throw shooting? 
So Robertson was coming into the night. He was a shade under 30% from the line this year. That, that, that ain't great. Um, he was one for two on the line tonight. So I guess it's a little bit higher now. Now hacking around the league is down right now. I'm not exactly sure what the numbers are right now, but I know hacking is down for sure. And a lot of it is, is really just because they changed the rule this year. It used to be at the end of games, uh, you know, at, at the end of periods now, if you, uh, you know, you foul a guy intentionally without the ball, then uh, the team that's getting fouled gets shots and the ball back. And that's the rule they had at the end of games. They used to have at the end of games and they expanded that now. And that's that's brought down hacking for sure. We only saw that happen once with Andre Robertson. That was against that Boston game early. So he hasn't really been hacked in a playoff series. It's definitely something you're more likely to see. We see that happen a lot more in the postseason. You know, we've seen it with DeAndre Jordan, with Clint Capella, with a lot of other guys, and we've seen that. Obviously, it started with Shaq in the playoffs many, many moons ago. So that's something that we're, we, I think we'll probably see that in Andre Robertson. I don't know what the remedy is for him getting his free throw shooting up. He's a 49% free throw shooter in his career. Like, he's he's never been good at it. He was 61% last year, but it was on a remarkably small amount of free throws. Like, he's never gotten to the line more than one time a game before coming into this year. So it's not like this was on a legitimate sample size, and that's why his free throw shooting spikes a lot from year to year. 70 to 48 to 61 to 30 now. But yeah, they can win a playoff series with him. I, 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 I here, Let me rephrase. Right now, I wouldn't pick them to win a playoff series against any four of the top teams. But it's not because of Andre Robertson's free throw shooting. Like, And if they were going to win a playoff series, I don't necessarily think Andre Robertson's free throw shooting would get in the way of that. First of all, a lot of coaches misuse Hackashack. Like, statistically, a lot of them misuse it. A lot of them misuse intentional fouling. A lot of the time, it doesn't quite work. And I think there are a decent amount of teams who actually wouldn't want to foul Robertson. Like, I don't think Houston would really want to foul Robertson. Because their offense is a lot is, is, not, is not as good after, after makes and after free throws than it is after it gets defensive rebounds and turnovers and stuff. So I don't think Houston, like a team like that, would really want to foul Andre Robertson. And I think there are some teams out there which just wouldn't want to foul him in a series anyway. So that's something you have to take into consideration. And on top of that, that dude is so good defensively. Like I should have mentioned that earlier. Like that that guy is amazing as a defender and the Thunder need him. He is he's one of their most important players. He gives them him and Adams give them their defensive identity. They are so important to this team. They're so important to this team. So yeah, they can win with Robertson. Look, teams with, with hacking free throw shooters have won playoff series in the past. It's happened. And speaking of free throw shooting, final question from Elliot Yinger. Uh, which is higher at the end of the season? Russ's triple doubles or Sabonis' free throws made? Russ is at 15 triple doubles right now. Sabonis is four of seven from the free throw line. So I'm just going with Russ's triple doubles. Like, I feel like he's going to get to 30 triple doubles. Sabonis, I don't know if Sabonis is going to make, I think he'll take 30 free throws. I don't know if he's going to make 30. Like at some point he's got to start getting, he, he's kind of going to the rim more now. He's penetrating more. He's trying to draw contact more. You can tell, but he's just not really getting calls. Part of it is that guys just give him I think the fact that guys know which hand he's going to go to, they're not really ever tricked. They know he's going left no matter what. He never goes right. So I think part of like a foul is you, your hand's in the wrong place or something where you don't think it's going to go. But everyone knows exactly where it's going to go with him because everyone knows he's using the left no matter what, where he is, how his body's contorted, what he's doing on the court. Everyone knows he's going left. So I think that actually does have some effect as to why he doesn't get fouled. I think there's some reasoning behind it, even if he does start going to the rim more. Why not? It's more fun to go with Russ triple doubles is the answer to that question. So that's, that's what I'm going to say. 
Remember, I'm on every weekday, Monday through Friday, and head on to iTunes to subscribe to Locked on Thunder. Questions, comments, email LockedOnThunder at gmail.com, and you can find me on Twitter at Fred Katz, F-R-E-D-K-A-T-Z. Log on to NormanTranscript.com for all your Thunder needs, and check out Thunder Road. That's my blog there. Follow team coverage and what's next for the Thunder. That's going to do it for today. I'm back with you tomorrow. I'll be previewing the Memphis game and, and going over all that kind of stuff. And until then, Lockdown Thunder is locking up. Thunder is locking up.